0: Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Diva's radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective.
1: Well, it is my pleasure to be talking again to Andy Revkin, who is a journalist and uh, I think he's the editor, certainly the primary contributor to New York Times dot earth, Blog. Um, he's also a senior fellow. Let me see if I get this right. Um, senior fellow of environmental understanding at Pace University. And I think there's even more, Andy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we just thought of you this morning, you know, when um, the news came out about the full encyclical that Pope Francis has written and, and published Um You know, the first thing I thought of was, wow, cool. I know Andy has been very close to the Pope. You know, I mean, closer than anybody I know. Uh, In regards to, I mean, you met him. You've been involved in um, meetings with him about this this topic. And you wrote a very interesting piece this morning. So let me just be quiet for a minute and let you say something.
0: Well, it's been a remarkable process. Yeah, it was um, over a year ago. There was a meeting at the Vatican for four days of the Pontifical Academies of Science and Social Sciences. And I was involved to attend as a participant, not not just as like a... Yeah. um, I give give a kind of a summary, uh, rapport tour style comment at the end. It was incredible. Um,
1: And we spoke to you, by the way, last year, the first time we had you into the studio. You had just come back from that.
0: Right, and when you look at the encyclical that has emerged, it's clear just a, a, a big chunk of the basic ideas were explored in depth at that meeting, and I'm sure, uh, and I know the people who were involved in organizing the meeting were very involved in uh, helping shape the uh, what, what you see now, and, and it was meaningful that the meeting included not just scientists, it was um, economists, philosophers, theologians, um, people from the church, and And this reflects the reality that um, a lot of what's in the encyclical, while the big focus on, hey, the Pope is convinced that climate change is real, uh, it's not really about science. It's about uh, the step beyond the science, which is uh, science reveals there are big changes underway that are increasingly linked to um, what we do. Um, The the solutions, though, are mostly in the realm of society, and they're in the realm of values. Science doesn't tell you how, how... how to decarbonize science doesn't tell you how to um, change your your patterns of wasteful consumption which is a big chunk of what the, post, the Pope's talking about yes science is not the thing that's going to um, facilitate um, rich countries uh, investing more to make poor countries have more uh, helping them having more energy choices those are those are decisions we make as societies based on what we think is important and science just sort of frames the picture it doesn't paint the picture yeah itself. Yeah, and, and and that's why this whole process has been great. I think the Pope's involvement. You know, there were these, some Republicans were kind of saying, uh, "Hey, butt out," which is ridiculous because uh, as <laughs> I said, that's like you know you could use the same argument to say they should
1: butt out. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're,
0: You know, this is about values. They're right. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. From what I read, and I did not read it all yet. Um, you know, he really is very, very clear about corporate greed consumerism and politicians I mean at one point he actually is like you know oh lord please (laughs) let there be some politicians and I'm paraphrasing but I did quote it in in an article (laughs) I wrote today but please let there be some politicians who understand what's really happening in connection to the environment and humanity and society and he makes some really powerful statements and reference I mean the whole thing is just littered with fabulous quotes
0: I think I think it's it should be uh, uh, on, it should be reviewed as a book. It should be a bestseller. I think it, it should be uh, incorporated in the curricula, yeah. any um, sustainable uh, or environmental studies and, and, and social uh, justice. It's uh, it is a rich uh, trove. And and behind the the main headlines, I just did a new piece that just went up this afternoon yes. on um, what he says about digital media.
1: Oh, I haven't seen and, that and one he, yet. Oh, that was a wonderful
0: short uh, section. He says when media and the digital world become omnipresent. Their influence can stop people from learning how to live wisely, to think deeply, and to love generously. Wow! Uh, in, in this context, the great sages of the past run the risk of going unheard amid the noise and distractions of an information overload. And then here's the line I love because it talks about education opportunities. It says efforts need to be made to help those to help these media become sources of new cultural progress for humanity and not a threat to our deepest riches. And you know that's one that's one reason I wow. did full time journalism. Yes, five years ago, and moved into academia uh, because I'm convinced that we there's great opportunities to shift how we teach so that because we, it's not like in the old days, you, you students had to read a book, memorize stuff, write an essay, and now they have to figure out not there's too much information. What they have right. to do is have a new way of learning what's true. Yeah. Learning, uh,
1: yeah, filtering. Exactly. I mean, you know, learning to know what's a credible source and what's, you know, just waste. Yeah, and, then,
0: and also learning to use these these media, uh, not just to share cat videos, but to yeah. to have <laughs> to share and shape ideas in ways that can really uh, improve from human prospects and conserve nature. Mm-hmm. And, and there's all kinds of experiments. There's great examples of this I've been writing about for years on my blog. So when I, I read this on the train this morning to me, and I almost shouted it out loud. It's <laughs> like
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Fist and, pump and for I, the Pope. Yeah, and I want to make sure some of these elements don't get lost in the um, in, in the focus on climate. Which again, everything he says about climate change is, um, you know, yes, we're changing the climate. Yes, uh, uh, right. trajectories are unsustainable. Of course, it, it, you, you and I kind of
1: you and I have been saying that for a long time. But we'll, when the Pope says it it, it has an impact,
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, And, and you know, we, and I'm writing on this based on the um, early versions already. So it's it's just it's a very exciting moment. It will fade. Um, you know, we, we move on, but I I think this is going to endure. I don't
1: know. I'm not Catholic. I'm not Catholic, but I'm truly inspired by this guy and by, by him using the power of the seat he is in to, um, to amplify and, and say some pretty, um, powerful things, especially from a church that like, let's face it. Um, you know, I guess this flies in the face of the Illuminati still being an issue. Um, you know, and 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 Catholicism and the Vatican not being into science because you know, it, it, like you said, it's really not about the science. But there's an acknowledgement. But there
0: are some, but there are some cool sections. I mean, he goes yeah. into it goes into orbital mechanics and stuff. You know, because <laughs> it's true that there are other factors such as volcanic activity, variations variations in Earth's orbit and axis. Blah blah blah. You know, so his uh, his staff and and people have clearly helped him. Um, frame out the basics of the science in a way that you know he's saying now here is ingrained into um, church
1: thinking yeah well absolutely valuable yeah. yeah and and I'm I'm I know you have to run but I want to give a little um a little moment to the the topic that you also wrote about earlier today and that is that he he talks about gmos and he talks about yeah. very specifically um but like you you said in your article it's a little bit more about corporate power and the danger of corporate power than the risk of the actual gmo even though i'm sure that's you know that's in there um well no it actually it isn't he he
0: doesn't fall back on you know, the, there's a sort of a fallback position he easily could have taken, which is the precautionary principle. Yeah. Oh, you know, we need we should not use these technologies because we don't know. He doesn't actually say that. Yeah, he, you're right. He, he says, doesn't. Huh. He says there's no evidence of harm. Uh, but nevertheless, he says there's reasons for concern and for open dialogue and transparency. And, and I would I would imagine if you asked him, he would say labeling would be appropriate based on what he said here. Yeah. I, and I, I yeah. agree that more information is always better. But what he has said is that, um, and this gets back to his theme about corporate behavior. His concern, and I think this is true generally in the uh, debate over GMOs, most people, when you really dig in, their their resistance to this form of plant breeding uh, propagation is is corporate is about the corporate misbehavior, not about the actual I th- technology. I think and, that's and, and probably true. And he, yeah. again, he's helping to draw that distinction. I, I ran this by Michael Pollan this morning in, in an email, and I haven't had time to put it on my piece, and he said this was great for the same reason. You know, yeah. Michael Pollan is not, for all of his green uh, you know, pronouncements well, about Buddhism, uh, is not um, necessarily anti-technology.
1: Right. Well, the, the, the last quote in what you had posted the section from, which I never got to, so I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was in there yet, um, is that he says a technology severed. From ethics will not easily be able to limit its own power.
0: Absolutely. And this, believe me, we're just at the beginning stages yeah. of the realities that are in that phrase because yeah. what we're doing with genetics uh, in terms of human health, and um, we don't even have a clue. Yeah. Uh, we, we have not. At the meeting a year ago, just to make this clear, um, uh, a um, very senior figure in the Vatican, one of the Pope's longstanding. Um, allies from Latin America. Uh, Maravillaga I can't, I can't remember his first name at the point, but he he gave the most interesting speech at the at that meeting at the Vatican a year ago on huh. sustainable humanity, and he said the key line was "human um, man is a uh, man is a technical giant and an ethical child."
1: <laughs> and,
0: and I'm here. I'm just today, right now at the Rockefeller University, where I've been talking to Jesse Ausubel one of the world's leading thinkers on technology and and development and sustainability. And he Mm -hmm. he said, absolutely, this is, you know, one of the challenges of our time is going to be grappling with the fact that our technological advances are in fast motion while we're still not really advanced in how we integrate um, ethics into how we make choices about them.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like a backfit, which is kind of a bummer. Sometimes there's a lot of consequences, right, unintended consequences. Andrew, thank you so much. I know you're very busy, especially with all these developments, in addition to what you're already doing. So um, really appreciate it, and uh, let's please talk again soon.
0: Absolutely. Thanks. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.